We're talking today, this, the title of this message is The Culture of Sending, Apostolic Ministry or Apostolic Breakthrough. But what, is it, what does it mean? What is apostolic? Many of you might not even know what apostolic means. Colin, if you were around uh, last week, Colin shared a message on the 5-4 ministry. Who was there for that? 5-4 ministry. And in that message, he did mention about the function of apostles. And do encourage you at the end of the service to get the book 5-4 ministry if you're interested in studying anything more about 5-4 ministry. Uh, because in KT, we really believe in the 5-4 ministry. We believe in the ministry of the saints. Amen. And uh, that means you. You have a ministry. Tell your neighbor, you have a ministry. Tell the other neighbor on the other side, in faith, you have a ministry. Hallelujah. You have a ministry. Why? Because that's our vision as a church. Our vision as ministers on this platform is to release you into your ministry. And why, why would that be? Because I can't possibly reach the people in your world. Only you can reach the people in your world. God put you in that world, and you were not born by chance. You were brought up in, a, in the right family. Maybe you don't consider it to be the right family because of a lot of problems, but you were brought up in that family for that purpose, that you would be saved and that you'd reach that family for Jesus Christ. So our prayer is that every one of you would be on fire for God, and you would grow, and you would be blessed in every aspect of your life. And that's the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. We're all here to equip you for ministry, hallelujah. And uh, I'm gonna be preaching, as I said, the culture of sending. Now in that time of the month where we should be in November, the sending month. Anybody here today who's ready to be sent out? You're ready to be sent out. Now you don't know what you're being sent out to do, hallelujah, but you're ready to be sent out. Now some of you might be here to be sent out to plant a cell group. Who has planted a cell group this year? Amen, God bless you. Hallelujah, let's give them a hand. Those who, are, those who have planted, those who are ready to plant. Now, something needs to happen on the inside of each and every one of you if you're gonna plant a cell group, if you're gonna plant a ministry. Let's not call it cell group for now, let's call it ministry. Because we are here to equip you for ministry. A cell group is a ministry, a ministry to men, a ministry to women, a ministry to youth, a ministry to children. So you have a ministry, meaning you are empowered to empower other people. Amen? The ladder of success. Anybody know the ladder of success? Shout it out. Win, which United didn't do today, unfortunately. Consolidate, disciple, and send. So at the beginning of the year, usually we will focus on win, winning people to God. 28 people yesterday in Vauxhall gave their lives to Jesus. Hallelujah. They responded to the call to accept Christ. Now, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. People went out and they preached. They did something. But let's just stop there because people are doing that all the time. That might not be your thing. You might not want to go out on the streets and cold call people. Uh, anything, by the way, done, done with the anointing of God works. Whether it's friendship evangelism, parties for Christmas, the, uh, the Reveal Lounge, you may have been to some of them this year. People have been saved by Sunday Night Live events and street evangelism, any type of evangelism, as long as it's anointed by the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that brings people to the Father. And so we want to make sure that we're sending, sending people out. Now, the, the Vauxhall mission was birthed by one of the evangelists who walked past Vauxhall Station and he looked in the area and the Holy Spirit just said to him, listen, I want you to reach this area. 
And as he began to walk up and down and pray, he had a burden from God. And he said to me, you know what, Christian, I've been in Wembley doing the missions in Wembley, but I really just want to be in Vauxhall. And I was thinking, what do you want to be in Vauxhall? It's a dump. Now, if anybody is from Vauxhall, God bless you. Hallelujah. But God can turn around any dump. Hallelujah. Any rubbish dump he can bring a revival to. And uh, there's people in need down there. People passed on a bridge. That's where they were, on the footbridge. And they passed on the bridge, and they encountered the bridge of heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Yesterday. And we're going to pray that God begins to move. But how did it start? It started in the heart of people. Now, my prayer for every one of you, before you can be sent out, is that something would start in your heart. God would give you a burden to reach people. You're certainly not going to go and do anything unless you've got a burden. I pray in Jesus' name that many of you this week would start to shake under the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the burden of God would come upon you in prayer and you'd start out by doing your normal prayer. God, pray for my wife, pray for my kids, pray for my job, I pray for this, I pray for that, pray for the other. And then suddenly, boom, the Holy Spirit will catch a hold of you and you say, God, I don't want to, you know, all those things, God, yes, Lord, but I want the lost to be saved, hallelujah. I want something to happen in my community. God, I need you to come down in the name. If you can do it in Richard Taylor's life, you can do it in my life. Some fire of the Holy Spirit to catch a hold of the church because if we're going to send people out, it's got to happen in the heart first. Now, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went throughout all the cities. All the cities. All the cities. Think about that. And villagers teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the problem is the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord to have the harvest to send out. Everybody say, send out. Say it again. Send out. Shout it out. Send out. Send out laborers into his harvest. So the problem here was not with the harvest. Now, the harvest is the lost, the people who don't know Christ, the people who haven't believed in Jesus, the Messiah. They've not believed in him. He's saying, I looked on the people and I was moved with compassion for them. So what happened was Jesus came because he had a heart for people. So if we're going to send people out who are going to plant a cell group, it's not going to happen because you are told by your leader to do it. Simply not going to happen. Now, we're going to tell you, I'm going to tell you to plant a cell today. But it ain't going to happen unless you receive a burden from the throne room of God. And you need to pray over that. Say, God, give me a burden. When I was evangelizing in the Bible school, I started out by asking God to use me. Anybody want to be used by God? I want to be used by God. I don't want to be, there's many people out there who need Jesus, and I need to be ready. So I was asking God to use me. Use me, Lord. I want to be used by you. So I went downstairs into the Bible school office. It's called the G12 room where Bruce Atkinson, our associate minister, had an office down there. And I remember sitting down and asking him, I want to be involved in helping the church. I've got this heart for mission. God has called me as an evangelist. Not that I really knew what that was. And he's called me to preach to thousands. I want to help in the church. He said, oh, there's a missions department. Help there. So I volunteered for the missions department. I gave the same speech to the missions director. God's called me, hallelujah. I'm called for great things. I want to preach in front of hundreds of thousands of people. He put me on an old Apple Mac computer and told me to type up the database. But I did it anyway, hallelujah. And then he called me in the office and he said, you know what? Go and start an evangelism team. 
So what's an evangelism team? Well, get the people in the Bible school together and go out and hand out tracts. So I went out and did that. I did it for six months and get, guess what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we know that without the Holy Spirit breathing His life into something, nothing's going to happen, but you've got to start somewhere. Maybe sometimes you've got to keep doing the nothing and the nothing happening until you get so frustrated and say, God, I'm tired of nothing happening. Are you tired of nothing happening in your life? I was praying on Friday and God showed me that God wants to release the spirit of Hannah upon the church. What does that mean? You know when Hannah, she got frustrated that she couldn't have children? She got before God and she got so stirred up in her spirit she couldn't speak anymore. She was in so much pain, she said, God, God, I, I want to become pregnant. And if I become pregnant, I'm going to give this child over to you. And she cried out to God. And Eli, the priest, saw and thought she was drunk. And then she said, no, I'm not drunk. I'm desperate for a miracle. Hallelujah. Anybody desperate for a miracle? That's the type of prayer that gets results. And Eli said, whatever you prayed about, God's going to give to you. And we know that the prophet Samuel came forth. And I believe in for a prophetic anointing to rise out of the church. New Samuels in the name of Jesus. And why do I believe that? One of our guys in the cell, he had a son. And uh, one of the guys on the WhatsApp said, oh, you should name him Samuel. And I thought, ah, he must be joking. And then he, he actually named him Samuel. And I thought, what are you saying, God? What are you saying to the church that he would name his boy Samuel? And God said to me, Samuels are going to rise. There's going to be a new prophetic anointing that comes upon the church in Jesus' name. This prophetic anointing is a prophetic anointing that will be released to send new people out on mission. Hallelujah. To send people out to plant cell groups. It's got to happen on the heart. Something needs to happen on the inside of you. So after six months of evangelizing and nothing happening and getting so frustrated that nothing was happening... We got to God, we went to a prayer meeting, and we had a conversation, let's get to prayer. Oh, my days, that sounds familiar. We've now been spending six months doing our own thing, trying to get a breakthrough, and then we've turned to God. Doesn't that describe our lives? We've tried and tried and tried, and God, God's not even involved. We don't have the Word of God. Nothing's happened, but then we decide, we've tried everything, and we failed in ourselves. Now we need God. So we turned to God and we had a prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, I gathered the team together. And in that prayer meeting, God started to work in our hearts. He started to work in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I need to work in my heart. I need to work in my heart to be ready to receive broken people. Broken people who have problems. Because if God's going to give me lost people, I need to change. I need to be ready to receive them. Otherwise, I tell you, in my physical self, when you're tired, you, you don't want to speak to anybody. So don't speak to me. I need to sleep now. I've just preached. I'm tired. Let me go home. But with the anointing of God, the compassion of God, you will stay for as long as it takes because God gives you a heart. In that prayer meeting, I received a scripture. And the scripture was God was grieved because of the sin of mankind. Now, that might not mean anything to you today, but when I heard that scripture, I started to weep. I thought, God is broken. God is broken for the lost. And I started to cry out to God, God, you are broken. Save London. Do something in this city. And I begin to weep. And then I begin to lay hands on people in the prayer meeting, and they begin to weep. We're there for two hours, weeping, not pretending to weep, actually weeping, bawling, crying out to God for lost souls to be saved because God was doing something in our hearts. And we started to repent. And then we went out the following weekend. And when we went out, something was different. We preached. 
We got the same persecution, but this time one lady came forward and she gave her life to Jesus. She came forward and she began to weep and we prayed with her to receive Jesus. I mean, we were rejoicing. We were thinking, oh my God, nothing happened before, now something's happened, so we begin to pray every week. God was doing something in our heart. And here, where does it start? Before you get sent out, before you get sent out, you must have passion. Passion for the lost. Put your hand on your heart right now and say, God, give me passion. Give me a passion. Change my agenda. Change the way I'm doing things this week. Reschedule my appointments. Give me your heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So Jesus, compassion. But he says there, the harvest is plentiful, but it's the laborers that are few. Please pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This principle of sending is right throughout the scriptures. The Bible says in John 20, verse 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 10, it says, and he called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. Then you can read them. These 12 Jesus, in verse 5, sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost. Everybody say the lost. The lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. You received without paying, give without paying. Freely received, freely given. Another translation. He sends them out to heal the sick, to meet the need. Now think about this. Jesus, in this scripture, he has disciples. The word disciple in the Greek is the word methetes. It means learner or follower. How many disciples do we have here today? Hallelujah. And a, and a few of the people who are a bit lazy. Hallelujah. Lifting their hand. How many apostles do we have here today? Apostles. He says there's a difference there between the word disciple and the word apostle because he picks apostles, but he has 12 disciples. In other scriptures, he says 70 disciples, but the apostles were those he chose for specific ministry, those he sent out, those who were with him. The word apostle is the word apostolos. Apostolos. Uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but the word, the first word is apo, which means from, and stello, which means I sent. The whole re- meaning there is one who is sent. One who is sent. Anybody being sent to London as a missionary? You've been sent here. You could be an apostle or a missionary or an ambassador. Another word it means is messenger. Messenger. So the word apostle is someone who's sent out sent out on behalf of the king. Paul says that we're ambassadors of Christ. So it's another description of of an apostle. So there's 12 apostles. In Mark 3, Jesus prays all night and he picks his 12. In Luke chapter 9, turn over there, Jesus sends out the disciples. He sends them out again and they begin to preach everywhere. It says in verse 1 of Luke chapter 9, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. Wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So Jesus, he was sent by the Father. He knew that he had a call from God. Then number two, he raised up disciples and he also sent them out. 
Tell your neighbor, you have disciples to raise up, amen? You have disciples to raise up, and you have disciples to send out. But who are they? I've never met them before. Well, you need to pray to God. Where are they? Who am I to raise up? There's people in our network right now who are pastored for 15 years, and thank God for their work and their ministry, but their work and their ministry is coming to an end. We thank God for their work. But who's going to take up the pastoral responsibility of each church when a pastor either goes to heaven or he retires? Who's going to be the new generation? It's going to be you. Hallelujah. It's going to be me who takes these churches to the next level. And that's why we're raising up disciples. That's why we need apostolic ministry to raise up disciples and apostles who are willing to say, hey, you need a pastor in a church? I'll be that person. Hallelujah. You need someone to plant a cell? Hey, God's been giving me a burden for this area like Vauxhall. I'll do it. Hallelujah. I'm not experienced. I just have a passion. But hey, I'm willing to do it. The Bible says the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. So you just need a willing and available heart that says, God, use me. Well, I'm not gifted. Well, God said to Jeremiah, listen, go to whom I send you. He says, I'm young. I can't do it. He says, don't say that you're young. Just speak what I tell you to speak because I'm sending you. See, God will give us the power and the authority. Jesus doesn't send us out without power and without authority. I was saying to someone upstairs, the worst thing that can happen is you can preach without God. But the best thing that can happen is preaching with God, ministering with God. Because when God's doing it, it's easy. When God is doing it, it's easy. When God's doing the cell group, if God is not leading your cell group, you must be in pain right now. I mean, if God doesn't show up, he's not there. It's, it's painful. But when God shows up, it's amazing. I'll give you an example of this. We were with the Bible school. We were evangelizing in Shepherd's Bush when Westfields first opened. And uh, we evangelized there for a couple of hours. Nothing seemed to happen. A few people kind of got saved. It was okay. But when we started to pack up, we started to pack up and we started to leave. And then one lady from Angola, she came. She had a tumor in her brain. She said, pray for me. Well, I, I wasn't feeling anointed. I wasn't feeling that the evangelism was successful. In fact, I was cold. I was thinking, oh God, thank God I'm here the whole week with the Bible school. Let's just go home. But I said, oh, let's pray for you. So we gathered around, we prayed for her. I tell you, in that moment, revival came. Because what happened was, it was like the Holy Spirit just came in and went, I felt this wind just pass by my head. And this woman who I was praying for, she fell under the power of God. And when she fell under the power of God, a crowd of people gathered around. Now, how come... In all of my preaching and all of our witnessing, no crowd gathered around. Nothing seemed to happen. But in one moment, the Holy Spirit just, whoosh, this woman fell down. And then suddenly, one of the ladies was witnessing to one of the guys who gathered around, and he gave his life to the Lord. He gave his life to the Lord. Because the moving of the Holy Spirit, something supernatural happened, and it convicted him of his sin. Now, for me, we need the Holy Spirit in what we're doing. That's an apostle. An apostle is someone who's sent out by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's turn over to Acts chapter 13 and verse 5. The Father sent Jesus with, it, with his authority. Jesus sent out his 12 apostles. He sent out ones. And he also sends us out. He sent Paul out. He sent Paul out. But guess what happened? It happened that the Holy Spirit started to speak to the church in Acts Chapter 13, it says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, a member of the court of Herod, and the Tetrarch, and, and Saul. 
Who is Paul? While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and they what? Sent them out. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Now you can read the rest of all the amazing things that Paul, meaning Saul, the Apostle Paul did in the book of Acts. But how did it start? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit started to speak. Now, how did the Holy Spirit start to speak? In the prayer meeting. In the prayer meeting. Is God saying something to you today? That it's in the place of prayer that cell groups are born. Amen? It's in the place of prayer that ministries are born. If you are called to KT, then you are called to make disciples. Amen? Because we're a disciple-making church. That's in our DNA. If you're called to Kensington Temple, you're called to move in healing. If you're called to Kensington Temple, you're called to move in soul winning. How does this happen? In the place of prayer. Why recently we've had a press strategy that in the mornings at 6.30, everybody gets up and they pray. And as people pray in the morning, Hallelujah, we believe that something supernatural is going to happen, that it's not just going to wake up the people in the morning, it's going to wake up all the people in the church. Amen? We need an awakening in our hearts if we're going to be sent out. If I, I don't even want to do it, I tell you, because I've done it before. I was in a master and leadership class, and God forgive you if you're in that class. I said to them, you're here today because you want to plant a cell. How many people are going to plant a cell? Nobody put their hand up. I thought myself, I'm going to walk out of this class. And why did I think that? It was a bit fleshly of me, maybe. But I felt like walking out because I thought, my God, the whole reason that you're in this class is to be a cell group leader, a disciple maker. So if you don't put your hand in the air, why are you training to be a cell leader? But in fact, you, you don't want to be a cell leader. That's like playing football. You can't play football going to training. You can't, you're not interested in it. The reason I go to football training or used to go to football training is because I'm passionate about football. And you need to be passionate. Something needs to happen in your heart if you're going to be sent out to lead people to the Lord Jesus. Something of revival. We call this the wells of revival. They don't have the, the well up there behind me, but you can have it in your magazine. The wells of revival. Something needs to happen on the inside. I had a word the other week at the Wednesday night prayer meeting, and it was a word that the wells of our hearts were blocked up. The wells of our heart were blocked up and the cell groups or the ministries that God had for us weren't being birthed because there was a blockage in the arteries of our heart. We need to pray that God unblocks the heart. Now, how does blockages happen? Well, number one, the flesh. Arguments. Someone upsets you. Someone annoys you. I tell you something. The more you think about somebody who's annoyed you, the more annoyed you get. Isn't that true? The more you think about the situation, the more annoyed you get. You have to make a conscious decision to stop the stinking thinking, to stop thinking about those issues and say, hey, God hasn't called me for revenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Hallelujah. God hasn't called me to get my own back. I'm going to give this to God because God has called me to do something amazing for him, to reach somebody else. The more you think about this person, probably a Christian, who's annoyed you, then the less you're going to reach the lost. 
or people who are really in need. It's the devil's strategy. And we need to pray that God gives us a new heart. Everybody say new heart. A new heart. I pray, you can pray it right now, that God will work on my heart, hallelujah, and he would literally rip out everything that's hindering me from going to the next level of my ministry. And he would rip out everything that's hindering you because the devil likes to sow seeds, seeds, weeds, who will weed in there and literally stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. As we begin to pray about new hearts at the Wednesday night prayer meeting, God began to show me, he said, out of the heart of Kensington Temple, a new voice would be heard. Now, what, that, why was that? Because before, we were praying, God, give us a new voice. God, God, we want to speak to the giants of society. We want to do something for you. And then I started to pray about the new heart, and God said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, if ministries are going to be born, if something amazing is going to happen in your family, a breakthrough, of revival proportions is going to have to happen in you first. Amen? You are the revival. You don't believe me. You are the revival. You are the hope of your family. You are the revival. If you get revived, then your family's going to have a chance. If something happens to you and God pours His Spirit on you, then something's going to happen to your family. If you remain dead, going through a tough time, struggling, wells being blocked, nothing happening in your spiritual life, then your family may not be saved. Think about the Vauxhall mission. If God didn't give a heart in the heart of this evangelist, Vauxhall, the 28 people that did respond yesterday, would have never responded. We don't even know if they would have ever responded. But God starts a work in the hearts of people first. He gives a burden, and he gave a burden to Jesus. He gave a burden to Paul. He said, hey, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have called them to do. I've got news for you this afternoon. You probably don't want this news. The church is a workplace. Hallelujah. It's a workplace. Working the works of the kingdom. We don't like that. We don't like hard work. We, we want the fluffiness of the Holy Spirit. Woo. I want to feel good. Well, yes, we want to feel good. You feel good. You empty the rubbish out on your knees in prayer, and then you go out and do work for the kingdom. Because once all the rubbish out, you ain't got any excuses anymore. All the rubbish is out. All the difficulties out. You're set free. You bounce it up and down. You say, hey, give me someone I can witness to. Give me someone I can lay my hands upon. Because you're free. If you're bound or oppressed, you're definitely not going to get out there and start to reach people for Jesus. I want you to turn over to 1 Samuel. When I was off, God showed me this scripture, and I was asking God for a word from God. And it's amazing how words come to you, and you might need a word from God today, and you can take this word. But if we're going to send people out, we need to get over our own issues and the difficulties that we're facing before we start to send people out and to even go out ourselves. One of the things in KT we're good at, we're good at starting things. An apostle is a good starter, a good initiator, like a father. You can read about that in the fivefold ministry book that Colin has. But an initiator. Now I'll tell you something, when, when I'm with the Holy Spirit, I have a million thoughts and a million ideas of initiating a million ministries. But I can't do it without people. But that's how it works. The apostolic breakthrough ministry, God gives you ideas. God spoke to Colin recently and said to him, there's still more ground to take in London, Joshua chapter 13. God said to Joshua, listen, you're old now. 
But yet there's still more land to be taken. Who are the people who are going to take that land? It's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's going to be the people that we're going to reach. Hallelujah. The people we've never met before. But we need to, something needs to happen. An impregnation needs to happen on the inside of us. It says here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and these three verses I want to just conclude on today. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve for Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your home with oil and go. I'll send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a hyper with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what you should do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. And Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of that city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come in peace? And he said, peacefully I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. God spoke to me this verse. And uh, I don't know anybody human in this place today. You're human. You're normal. Well, some of us are, are normal. The other ones are still up there in the spirit somewhere. But sometimes it's difficult to read the Bible, especially after you've read it a million times. And even if you haven't read it a million times, it can be still difficult to pick up. So I was going through that time when I was off and I thought, you know what, I don't even want to pick up anything religious. I don't even want to pick up the Bible. And I I pick it up sometimes, but I just felt like a ton of bricks. I thought, oh God, this is really difficult. But I know I'm in a stage in my life where I do need to pick up the Bible because I need to hear from God. I need to hear from God. But I felt it was so heavy, the Bible. And one of my friends came around. We had a talk and he said, you know what? God's been blessing me with the Bible experience. Anybody heard of the Bible experience? The CDs, the Hollywood guys did. And uh, I'd listened to that before. I thought, hey, he's onto something here. I think I need to listen to that. So I had 1 Samuel on my, my audio Bible experience on my iTunes, and I decided to just keep playing it. So he went, and I played it. I needed a word from God. Chapter 16 came, and this, the word of the Lord literally came to me during this time. I was there with, with Judah looking after him as usual. And then basically, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve for Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? And there was two thoughts that immediately came to my mind at that time. This last year, a good friend of mine, Harry, George, went to be with the Lord. So naturally, there was a natural mourning. Now, Harry wasn't a soul, but I took that to mean stop mourning. You've six months, you've been mourning. You know, that's normal. If you've been mourning about a family friend or a family member who's went to heaven, it's a normal thing that happens. So don't be bothered about that. But God said to me, how long will you mourn for Saul? And what that simply meant to me was you've been trusting in people that didn't do the work of the kingdom. But yet, because I'm a trusting person, I continued to trust them. And I continued inevitably to become frustrated and to become annoyed and, to be, and then maybe even to complain. God forgive me for that, hallelujah. It's a complaint. Why are these people not doing the work of the kingdom? And God said to me, listen, it's time to move on from complaining, move on from Saul, move on from mourning, seeing as I've rejected that. Now here in, in the book of Samuel, it's weird because Samuel knew that God rejected Saul. Do you know that? Read three chapters before that and you'll hear the word of the Lord from Samuel's mouth to Saul, I've rejected you, God says, from being king because you sacrificed. Because you made a sacrifice. You were disobedient. I rejected you and I found a man after my own heart. 
I asked myself the question, am I a man after God's own heart? Am I a man after God's own heart? Or was I a man after God's own heart? That's a challenging question. I asked myself that question because the longer you do something, the more easy it is to pretend that you're doing something. That's a lot of the church today. The real church is the church that something's happening in the heart. The heart is pumping. Hallelujah. And God is speaking to the heart. God says, I've rejected Saul. Samuel was grieving for Saul, and he thought, maybe God will revive Saul. Maybe. I know he rejected him, but God's a God of grace and forgiveness. Maybe God will bring back Saul again, or Jonathan, or something will happen. God had to say, listen, I've rejected Saul. I'm doing something new. And in our lives today, if we're going to be sent out, we need to forget the past. Forget what happened in the past. Forget the people that hurt us in the past or the people who didn't do what we thought they were going to do. People who promised us things and they didn't come through for us. Let's forget all that. Let's have a, a clean slate. Hallelujah. Because God is doing something new. I believe this year, unprecedented change has already happened and unprecedented change is going to happen. In the church, Colin already prophesied that a storm was coming to the church and that it was going to clear out a lot of rubbish. And the church that we see in the future is not the church that we see today. It's going to unprecedented change is going to happen in, in, in the church. It's going to happen because we decide to forget the old and embrace the new. He says, fill your home with oil and go. What does that mean? It means before we are sent out, we need to be filled I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm tired, I do not want to go out and preach the gospel. I don't want to do anything. But when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something with God. And maybe some of you today, you need a move of the Holy Spirit in your life. God said to Samuel, listen, fill your home with oil. Fill your home with oil, for I'm sending you out. Unless we're filled afresh with the power of God, then we can't go and plant a new work. A new work, a new church, a new ministry, a new anything. And I would even go to say, if God's going to give you another disciple, someone you can help and mature in the things of God, it's only going to happen if you do it out of God's strength, God's ability. Recently, Colin went through a season of tiredness and that could be a picture of you as well as, as a congregation. Maybe some of you have went through a, a series of tiredness. And when you're asked to do something new, the last thing you want to do is something new. You think, oh, I don't want to do anything. I'm tired here. I'm doing the best I can. I don't have any strength. But God said to, to Colin, he said, you know what? If Colin felt a new strength come upon him. And God said, this is not, this is not, this is, a, this is a new strength I'm giving you. A strength that you haven't had before. Hallelujah. A new strength. Not an old strength, not a reviving of the strength, but a new strength. A strength that you haven't had before. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. I tell you, in God, you can leap over a mountain. Hallelujah. In God, you can do the impossible because it's the anointing that dictates the results. Hallelujah. Not ourselves, not our flesh. It's the anointing of God. And we need to be filled with the anointing. We need to be hungry for the anointing. Without the anointing, you can't go and anoint anybody. You need the anointing. No king will arise. Now think about this. 
David was just there in the sheep doing nothing. He was unanointed. And if a new king, a new move of the Spirit is going to happen in your life or in your cell group or in the church, somebody needs to anoint a new king or a, new more, a few more kings. And it's the prophet of God. If Samuel never got over Saul, if Samuel didn't fill his home with oil, David would have never been anointed king. I'll say that again. If Samuel never got over Saul and he didn't fill his home with oil, David would not have been anointed king. That goes to show today, unless we get stirred, unless we get over our past, unless we ask God to anoint us afresh, then we're not going to be involved in apostolic ministry, which means to send teams out. I had a vision one day when we were praying that a coach, coaches, buses will be sent out from KT right across the city and revival would come. Not just a nice crowd at the 2.30 service, but you'll be sent out to make a difference because our vision is what? London and the world for Christ. Hallelujah. That's our statement. Not London, London, just London, just sitting down in London. London and the world for Christ. London for Christ. Now we need to pray for ourselves today that God would give us a fresh touch, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now think about strength. Strength happens when we're united. There's a psalm, Psalm chapter 133. It says, when the brothers dwell together in unity, God commands the blessing, life forevermore. It's like the precious oil that runs down the beard. Hallelujah. The beard of Aaron. Now, one of the reasons I, I grew this beard is because I was there in the Tuesday leaders net and Colin preached on this verse, Psalm 13, and, and I prayed it. And then God said, the anointing runs down the beard. So I decided that if I'm going to be anointed, then the oil is going to run down the beard. The more beard, the more anointing. Hallelujah. There's some truth in that. But anyway, there's jokes aside. But it's unity that equals strength. Unity. And we need to pray as a church that we're united. Now, thank God for Jack the Lad building his little ministry over here. And Janet over here building her little ministry over here. And thank God for the work. But if we're going to impact the city, the ministry of the apostle, he is the one who adds strength. He brings everybody together and says, hey, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Let's get together and let's build the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's a picture, prophetically speaking, when, I don't know if you've seen Prince of Persia. Anybody seen that? Any normal people here today? And there's, they have a barrier and they're trying to knock down the door. How do they knock down the door? Everybody is grabbing this bit of wood and they're knocking down the door. Not just one person. Everybody together. Boom. 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 And they break through. Now how are we going to break through in the city? We're going to break through when all of the cell groups, all of the churches, all of the ministries have a oneness in their vision. We're all one. We're all part of the same family. And that's going to add strength. So part of the anointing of God, part of the anointing, how it works, it works when we're united together in one accord. London and the world of Christ should be our heartbeat. Say, God, save this city. Do something in this city. The reason that we're all involved together. We're doing this together for you. In Jesus' name, that we'll break through. So we should be praying, God, unite the church like never before, that we would start to break through and penetrate the city. And then the last one was Samuel went there. He went to David's house. Jesus 
went through every city, every village, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, if you rewind that, it says in Luke 10 that he was about to go somewhere, so he sent out 70 people. So Jesus wants to reach people. Think about places we do not have cell groups. There's no KT expression. There's no lighthouse. Some areas of London, the churches are not alive. Some areas of England, the churches are not alive. What we're saying is, you who are alive in KT, go out there and start a new work. Hallelujah. Become a light for the gospel. And Samuel went out and he anointed the Davids. What we need to pray is that new Davids would arise. New cell group leaders, new missionaries, new apostles, new evangelists. Because we're not going to reach the city and the churches that are out there are not going to reach the city unless a new generation of people arises. Hallelujah. And you who've been in the church for a while, you should start getting an anointing oil. Go to Tesco's and get some olive oil. And start to have this olive oil and say, hey God, who do you want me to anoint? Who's the Davids? You could be sitting next to a David right now. I mean David. She might be a woman. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, she's anointed queen. Hallelujah. Somebody who's going to be anointed because we know, prophetically speaking, that the queen is just about to pass away. We don't know when. And there's going to be an exchange on the throne. But spiritually speaking, there's a new generation rising up. And an older generation who've experienced God, we should have this anointing oil and say, Hey God, where's the new Davids? I'm going to start to anoint them. Because that's what we're doing in each cell group, is it not? We're getting them led to the Lord. We're putting them on consolidation, on the encounter. They're getting a master leadership. And then at the end, they're planting cell groups. They need to be anointed, anointed. The anointing, I tell you, it's the anointing that grows the cell group. If you're a cell leader, write it down. It's the anointing. It's not good ideas. It's not good servants. It's not good events. It's the anointing of God. Because everything happens out of the heart. God anoints you and everything, the life is in the anointing. So let's make sure that we get anointed and we go out, we get sent out to do something for God. I want us all to stand right now like the worship team to come back. Hopefully today you've got the message. We need to break through together. We need to unite like never before. We need to get over the past. We need to get a fresh anointing filled with the anointing of God. And then we need to go out and make a difference to God. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you to give your thanksgiving offering, and we'll do that sitting down in a few moments. But I want you just to lift your hands right now as we finish today. And I want you to ask God to send you out to make a difference for Him. Hallelujah. I want you to ask God to use you in a powerful way. It, it, it could be something simple like Richard said, just go and encourage somebody this week, and the door might open up for ministry. Who knows? Or it could be something bigger than that. Or perception uh, could be bigger, like planting a ministry, planting a work. You could be in this place today and you say, hey, I've got a heart to plant a church or take over a church. I, I know God's called me to Bible school. I know God's called me to do something. That could be you today. Just lift your hands and say, God, as the Father sent Jesus, you are sending me in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you today that a sending anointing, a sending culture would start to be stirred in our lives. Lord, as I shared today, it's about the heart. Something needs to happen in the heart. God, I ask you, God, take out all the things that hinder in our hearts. Everything, oh God, that's blocking us, Father. Just take it out right now in the name of Jesus. Start to fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Getting over soul. Getting over soul. Getting over the past, the people of the past. The people we put our trust in. People who hurt us from the past. God, we ask you, fill us again. Do something new. 
do something new in our lives, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we may go out and minister in the new, ministering in the new, finding the new Davids, Father God. Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name, if there's anybody here today, but every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to know Jesus in this place today, you need to know his forgiveness. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you need Jesus in your life, you pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I come before you right now. I admit that I've sinned. I need you in my life. Today I recommit my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. You rose again on the third day. And today I choose to follow you. Thank you for accepting me into your kingdom. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you want his forgiveness, I want to pray with you right now and just lift your hand in the air right now. And I'm going to pray for you. I haven't got much time left in this service, but that's you. Just lift it high right now and I'm going to pray for you. When you lift that hand, you're not lifting it to me, you lift it to heaven. And heaven will see that hand and he will acknowledge you and say, hey, see that hand right now. Forgiveness for you. Lift it high right now. The lady over here, lift it high right now. You need his forgiveness. Jesus, thank you, Lord. And if consolers can move around, yes, sir, lift it high right now. You need him in your life. Lift it high right now. Thank you, Father. There's a lady in the corner there. Just lift it high. Thank you, Father God. You are the Savior. Come and save right now. Do something supernatural in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated right now. Now, if you need a green offering envelope for the second offering, just lift your hand right now. And if you can just remain seated, the rest of you, before we conclude the service. This is our special Thanksgiving offering that we've been giving you an opportunity last Sunday and on Wednesday and this Sunday and all of our services. You might want to bring a special Thanksgiving offering today to the Lord and you've not heard the announcements. You can take the green envelope. If you don't have an offering today, you can give it to reception during the week. Otherwise, you can give into, into the offering today in the usual way. Uh, Bruce Atkinson, our associate minister, will be ministering this evening at the Holy Spirit service. If you really feel that you need to get filled up with God, then that's where we do give you an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit on a regular basis at the 7 o'clock ministry Holy Spirit service. You're welcome to come and join us tonight. Well, let's stand right now as we give that offering to the Lord, and then Max will come and conclude the service. Thank you.